Welcome. I'm Rogers Anderson, Williams County's Mayor, and today we have the opportunity to talk to a gentleman that has added so much to Williamson County over the last few years. I won't, will not say how old Mr. Ennis Wallace is, but I will say that he's been in our community for 78 years. No, no, I've been in the same house 78 years. <laughs> <laughs> Made a move before that. I was trying to be oh, polite. Yeah. Well, well, we'll go right back to the beginning, 82. <laughs> It'll be 83 come May. Mr. And Wallace was, uh, lives at the Flat Creek community, in the Flat Creek right. community, at the head of the Flat Creek. That's right. Uh, where, the, where the stream really starts in that That's area. Right. It comes right in front of my house and Kenny's house. You're right. Uh, married to a wonderful lady uh, that many of you would probably know her as well as you would him. Uh, and Eileen, been married how many years? This coming November will be 59. We're in our 58th year right now. Amazing. Right. Had two sons. Right. One son, uh, we were talking about a little before the show, right. uh, works for the... Uh, is, is our director of the uh, Ag Center. Been right. there for a long time, done a, does a marvelous job, oversees the operation. Has another son uh, on a snow farm in Wisconsin. That's right. Uh, he can have that. That's right. I, I'm, I'm not visiting very often. <laughs> not this time of year. That's right. And uh, we were trying to determine before the show started uh, just exactly when he was a county commissioner, but we know it's a long time ago, 60s or 70s. And uh, We can look back because I went on the county court, we, so we called it that time, the same time that Judge Greer went on. We went on together. So if we can look back and see when Judge Greer went on. And then I didn't, I guess Robert Ring was on there when yeah, I came yeah. off. We had Judge, K, uh, Judge Greer. And then we had Kelly, and then Robert. So I came off, I guess, on when Robert Ring was on there. We know that you're a veteran of the United States Air Force. Right. We know you put in a long, lustrous career working at Textron. Yes, I did. And uh, what we don't know is a little bit about your life growing up in the Flat Creek community, how many brothers and sisters you had, Mom and Daddy, how in the world did they ever settle there? And that's where we want to start. Well, that wasn't any problem. My mother's people came over from North Carolina when we were still North Carolina here. And they first stopped off over about Lewisburg, but then they smartened up a little bit and came a little further north. <laughs> we'll get some phone calls on that. And came to, right, <laughs> and came to Flat Creek area. And my mother was uh, left an orphan when she was uh, three. And uh, her grand, excuse me, her grandparents raised her down at Old Reed's store there on Flat Creek. And uh, then my father's people they came over from Mecklenburg County, North Carolina in the year 1804. So my father's people were about two miles down the road from my mother's people. And uh, right now I live about two miles up the road from where they all live. So uh, my people have been here quite a while. And how many brothers and sisters did you have? I had four brothers older than me and one sister older than me. I'm at the bottom of the line, and then, you know, 
if you've got four brothers older than you, uh, by the time these clothes make it you, they're more summertime clothes, not wintertime clothes then, because I was the youngest. Well, was the farm, uh, it's been a working farm in your family um, since the day your mom and dad got here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm on a century farm, as you know. Uh, my father, his father owned 240 acres of land, joining his father, who he had a little, more, little over 1,100 acres of land. And that's where my father was raised, down on what is now we call it Glen Lane. But they sold that farm during World War I when my daddy's only brother was overseas, Europe, in World War I. And then they went just a little bit over the hill, went over to the property that Cheryl Crow now owns. They bought that farm, then they bought another farm south, and it bordered over on what we call uh, Fanny Daniel Road just off of Comstock. And that's where I was born. And that's my old, my mother and father had, my, well, I'll back up just a little bit. Before World War I, my father and his brother and another uncle, of course everybody's got to travel a little bit when you're young, they had gone to St. Louis, but they realized they were going to have to go into the Army, so they all came home. And they took the other two, but turned my father down. On course, so he had one bad leg, and they turned him down to that. But then, uh, when my father and mother married, they went back to St. Louis. But they they didn't like it, so they came back to the farm over there at Cross Keys of Bethesda, which they wanted to call it. But my oldest brother was born in St. Louis, and then the rest of us was born over there on Fanny Daniel Road. Somewhere in those early days, apparently, you'd, and like myself, growing up as a boy, uh, hoeing out the cornfields, uh, working in the beans, bending over, stooping over, promises were made in my head, this is not what I'm going to do for a living. Well, I, I can understand that. Uh, as a so, young boy, we make a lot of comments. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, uh, I said, well, when I get grown, I'm not going to raise tobacco, <laughs> and I'm not going to milk cows. I'm going to train horses. And I really wanted to. But my daddy and my brothers, you don't need to train horses. And I thought I was a right fair country trainer. I thought I was. I had raised some pretty good colts, good to me. But anyway, I wound up milking more cows and raising more tobacco <laughs> and all the rest of them put together. <laughs> well, somewhere along that journey in that educational process, talk to us a little bit about the educational side of you. Um, where did you go to school in the Flat Creek area? Where, where, all right, where right, people... right where the community center is right now. That had been an old educational center for quite a few years. First of all, back in the 1850s, uh, Flat Creek people formed their own school district, put up their own building, and hired their own teacher. And you'd have to pay 
so much to go to school so many days. And it was rather successful. And then they got a little larger and they used the old Baptist church along with the other log building that they had used. And by the way, I have those areas marked down there. If you go down there and you wonder what this stake's doing here or that one, well, they got a purpose. <laughs> so then in the year 1912, the county took over the education system and they built a two-room school right near where the fire hall community center is right now. And that building served until about 1949 or 50. And I went to school my first four years down there at the two-room school, one large room, one small room. When it got past fourth grade, well, a lot of them began to drop out, you know, that needed you at home to work instead of going to school. But I went to school first four years there, and mom and daddy realized that I wasn't getting much education going there. And I had a wonderful teacher up through the fourth grade. Wonderful. But then we knew that we was going downhill from there. At that time, Bethesda was running school buses that belonged to the PTA, didn't belong to the county. They belonged to the PTA. And if you wanted to go to school at Bethesda, which mom and daddy wanted me to go to school at Bethesda, you'd have to pay a dollar a month to ride that bus. So mom and daddy started me to school and my sister, who was two years ahead of me, she was in the sixth grade and I was entering in the fifth grade. No, that's right, I was entering in the fifth grade going to school at Bethesda. So then I went on to Bethesda, finished up at Bethesda. But I really <clears throat> enjoyed going to school at Flat Creek because I wasn't but a mile up the road, you know, and a mile wasn't any distance, you know, walk to school. In fact, by the time we got to school, we had a road full of people. And coming down the other Flat Creek Road, we had a road full of them there, you know. And, but then going to school to Bethesda was a little different. But uh, I guess uh, the year 1939 was probably an outstanding <clears throat> year for me in school because uh, used to it, all the old country schools, two times a year, most of the parents all went to school. That was the day when we used to have a Christmas tree, a program and a Christmas tree. And then usually the last day of school, we'd just kind of have a picnic. We'd all go to school, parents go with us, and then school is over for the summer. But 1939, we had always didn't have an automobile. We had always uh, had to walk to the program as we did, we walked to church. But that year, my father and older brother had sold <clears throat> one crop of tobacco, sold it early with Christmas money. <laughs> so uh, they bought a 37 Ford, two years old, $375, a two-year-old car. And uh, we rode to the Christmas tree in a car. Never done that before. But also, 
my mother used to be a thing, Spiegel's and Sears had catalogs. Oh, yeah. And my mother had ordered me a coat uh, from uh, Spiegel's. And uh, it was the first time I had ever had my own coat. Well, and, and not only that, let you catch your breath here. When I asked the studio, not if they only that, give that us one had a zipper. I never had one with a zipper. <laughs> if we could ask the studio to get you a little water while That's we're talking right. here, but but you know when you when you think about those old days, and, yeah. and and they were very very memorable days. Oh yes, and um, back in those days is no different than than uh, your a few years older than me, uh, but by the same token, we all have those fond memories of those oh, first yes, things, and that coat was very, very important. There's you some water. Um, all right. Thank you. Let Thank you, you catch your... But but I do want to go back to those times when you get your whistle wet, and those were those were the things that I'm... that we don't see in today's world. That's it true. Was a, it was a hard life. You didn't know it was. I didn't know it we was. We were all just like. We were all just like. All just like. We all went to work. We all helped out with the chores. Um, there wasn't a lot of democracy in our house. No. If Daddy and Mama said it, you might as well go on and do it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you, how, you left Bethesda, uh, uh, the, 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 you went to Bethesda. At that time, we had a school that went all the way up to the 12th grade. That's right. And from that point, though, you you somehow got a job or you met this woman the, that you've been married to now for 58 years. How did that all oh, come Oh, no, that took a while there. <laughs> 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 that didn't come along for quite a while. Um, I went to school at Bethesda, graduated in the year 1948. But the years going to school at Bethesda, not only at Bethesda, everywhere else, uh, our education was very limited, all of us in the 40s, because a school teacher was probably making about $30 a month teaching school, but they'd go off to a defense plant making about $75, uh, $0.75 cents an hour or $28 a week. And this is a big increase. We're making three times what money is making to teach school. Correct. Not only that, a lot of the teachers had, had to put on uniforms too. So my time at Bethesda during the war was kind of limited. In fact, we were running about 500 acres of farmland through there and only had uh, Daddy, one other man, and me. Well, I didn't get to school a lot of days. And a lot of days I did get to school, well, Daddy would tell me, and we had stables at school at Bethesda at that time, and it's usually about full of horses the time everybody got there. And Daddy would tell me, he says, uh, you ride your horse to school today, and uh, you leave school about 11, 1130, you'll be here in time to eat your dinner, and then we'll work till dark. Well, you know, I'm putting in a full day after I've got home, you know. So my wife, she didn't enter the picture to quite some time, so. Uh, I graduated in the year 1948 at Bethesda, and that was the same time that uh, I just, I'm still milking cows, get me out of school, keep me through school. And at the same time, I thought, well, you know, I believe it's a better way if I won't milk these cows for a living. I need every penny I can get, right? So I went down to Old Harper Bank, 
borrowed enough money to build a grade A dairy barn, put the equipment in it. Total price, $2,250. <laughs> Which was a lot of money. Was a lot of money at that time, very true. And then, at the same time, I'm 18 years old, I've just turned 18, uh, my mother and father, they leave the farm. Yeah, oh yeah, they moved to Lewisburg. Leave me at home, I had a wood cook stove, I did not have a telephone, I did not have a car, I had a horse to ride, a team of mules, and a shepherd dog, and a bunch of milk cows. So an 18 year old, but I gotta make it somewhere, I? So I hung in there till my brother came home. He was living, oldest brother, was living in Massachusetts and uh, he decided he'd come home to the farm with me and he came home to the farm with me. So his wife was a, still living. Alice, you remember her, out here at the hospital. She's a full-blood Yankee right out of Boston. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, he came to the farm to help me and we were still on the farm when the um, <clears throat> Korean War broke out. So that's when I went to Air Force Korean War. And then uh, <clears throat> I was coming home, I came home on leave from California, and that's when I first met Elaine. But she happened to be going with a friend of mine. But anyway, that was their business, this was mine, so rest of it, you know, from there, I guess. <laughs> and still, where was, now where was she from? We, I'm oh, not, she was from Arrington. She, she was from the big city. Right, she was from Arrington. Going to school at College Grove. College Grove and Bethesda, big rivals, you know that, at that time, because what? <clears throat> Four high schools in the county, Bethesda, College Grove, Franklin, and Hillsborough. Mm. That's right. When you look back, and um, I know it's an emotional journey that we all go through, but it was a hard time, as we've discussed. Right. Um, families had to work together as families. Right. Communities had to stick together as communities. We had death, we had famine, we had disease, um, had all kinds of uh, issues and concerns. But one thing that communities and families had as a general rule, uh, they had love for each other. It's true. And they had this common denominator that in order for me to succeed, I have to see you succeed. And Right. We drew us all together. It's true. And I, and we haven't touched on it, that if people um, have an opportunity, there's a, I'll put this up, I'm not sure which one you want to look at, but it's called Flat Creek, it's land, and it's people. And we just will not do justice to the Flat Creek community this morning in our few minutes worth of show that we've got um, that that talks about the history, that talks about all of the generations uh, that you can fit in this, this uh, paper book. I'm not sure what it costs, but it's worth it. And I understand the money goes back to the Flat Creek community. Every penny of it. Every penny of it. So it's an opportunity if you if you're, um, would like to read about the way the life was, um, years ago and it's people that it's a great journey 
and it's uh, got a lot of photos in there that chances are you won't know a lot of them. You will, but I won't. But the Flat Creek community today still hosts one annual event. Actually, you have different events. The community center uh, is oftentimes populated with uh, men of your age, women of your wife's age, this next generation trying to keep that tradition going, uh, playing cards, cooking. It's kind of an old uh, school, old way of life in this modern, fastest growing county that we've got in, in, in the state of Tennessee here in 2013. Mm -hmm. We just read in the paper just this week up in the Cool Springs area, which used to be cornfields, strawberry fields, that a major corporation will be relocating, purchase some land, building more buildings. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a population now of 185,000 people. There wasn't 185 people in Flat Creek. No. <laughs> Forget the zeros. But you have an event that brings people in, and I know it means a lot to you and your wife and that community to have that ice cream supper. Yeah. It it's is, kind of a homecoming. It is it? a homecoming. It is a lot of work. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier for you and several other members just to write a check than have to put it on, but you miss out on the one no, thing. No, but and you enjoy the, what you're doing. That's right, the people. That's right. And some of the names, we I'm not going to try to get into naming all of those names because you would miss them. I would miss them, yeah. and we would do the injustice. But Flat Creek is a part of our county with a strong, strong backbone, a strong fiber of hard men, hard-working men and women. Yep, very true. Why did you stay there, or why did you come back there? It was, you had a good job. You could have lived anywhere you wanted to. Well, I got to think of that answer. I didn't want to leave. I can truly say I never left home that I <clears throat> didn't regret leaving. I never got home that I wasn't glad to be there. But uh, <clears throat> I always wanted to live there. Now, I've been to other places, you well know. And, uh, but Flat Creek was always home. And uh, I always thought that, <clears throat> well, you know, one day I'll retire. And uh, why not retire right here? And I used to tell Arlene when I was working at AVCO, of course, I, went, I stayed on the road for those people a lot and I enjoyed it it was good for me helped me later down the line but I used to tell Aileen I says uh, one of these days I'm going to retire <laughs> I've heard that <laughs> I heard it once more <laughs> and I'm going to retire and I'm going to let the, somebody else pay me to see the world I wish you'd quit telling me that. I said, oh, okay. So, time come up that 
I was checking on my retirement on where I was, and I knew where I stood with my retirement, but they had also hinted to me to go on and take my retirement and leave, but I just walked on. Didn't have time to speak yet. So one night I was at work there at Nashville, and I got a phone call. And I said, yeah, I believe I'll take you on. And I called the company attorney. Well, he came running to where I was. He said, what's your problem? I said, oh, I don't have any problem. Well, what'd you call me for then? I said, I just thought I'd tell you that I'm going to retire. Oh, I knew that, but when? I said, tonight. <laughs> he says, you're kidding. It'll take me two weeks to get the paperwork together. I said, well, go ahead. You got two weeks to be doing it in then, but I'm leaving tonight. And about nine o'clock, I come driving in home. And Aline says, what are you doing here? I says, well, I'm retired. You're kidding. I said, no. And I says, furthermore, I'm going to Arizona Saturday morning. You're what? So I made my trip to Arizona, made it to Georgia. And eventually I wind up in Australia, you know that. So I spent about, uh, I think I made five trips over there. But I wind up with uh, spending somewhere about three years down there. And that was good. But then when I came home from there, well, I met up with an old friend of mine. And he said, I need you to help me. I said, well, I will if I can. So it was J.B. Jones down at Four Star. And I went down to J.B.'s. And then one day J.B. decided that he needed to be getting out of that place down there. And truly, I'd been set back waiting for him to say so. So he and I struck a little deal. And I wound up owning Four Star for about 60 days. And when I sold Four Star, I said, I'm going to Flat Creek. Going back at Flat Creek. Well, and again, the your journeys of history will never do it full justice. Uh, your family, uh, your your bride, um, your sons. Uh, the land is still active today. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a whole bunch of uh, four-legged creatures still on that land out there. Yeah, they walk around. Uh, you've got a son and his wife that have moved back into the area. Yeah. So there's a, hopefully another generation uh, that will carry on the Wallace um, tradition. Uh, in the minute we've got left, and that's all the time we have, that w if there was one common thread that's just got you through this old life that you just say that's what you need to hang your hat on what is it well, well certainly my faith is strong sorry I know it is has been from day one it's important you uh, are 
the next man in line that I've interviewed, there'll be more to come, but you've offered a lot to our community. You've put thank back you. in our community. Thank I thank you for doing that. Thank, thank you, you for taking time out today and being with us. My pleasure. It's been my pleasure to spend a little time with Mr. Ennis Wallace from the Flat Creek community, home born, home bred, and here today. Thank you again. Thank you.